Good afternoon, good morning. It's Mark Johnson from Loyalty360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well. I want to welcome you back to another edition of our Authors and Academia series, uh, where we look at topics and trends that impact customer channel and brand loyalty from a unique lens uh, to give an enhanced perspective on the state of customer loyalty. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Doug Zarkin, who recently published a book entitled Moving Your Brand Out of the Friend Zone. I think it's a very timely book for those who are immersed in the customer loyalty industry because emotional connection, emotional engagement is very important to brands right now. There's challenges with how to do that, how to measure that. So looking forward to having this discussion with Doug to uh, understand some of the value propositions that brands should be looking at and considering as they move their friend, uh, their brand out of friend zone, should I say. So Doug, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Mark. Good to see you. Um, I think your background is probably the only one I've seen in all the podcasts and Zooms that I do in Teams meetings that is even more cluttered than mine. So uh, congratulations. Very interesting stuff back there. Uh, thank you. Uh, a little bit of Bronco stuff. I know you're a big giant fan, so you got you to show the colors, I think. Absolutely. 100%. So first off, uh, we like to start these on a more personal level uh, to get to know the person we're speaking with. Uh, so I'd love to know a little bit about you know, your background, uh, you know, kind of most recent positions, and also maybe, you know, a fun fact about you, something you enjoy, a passion you have outside of work. Sure. Sure. So, you know, my career journey really is, I think, a great example of getting on the train at the end and working my way to the front. Um, I began my career, first career in the agency world, where I moved up the ranks and eventually started um, the youth entertainment and lifestyle division of Gray Advertising. And then I went to the client side and sort of fun fact is you're talking one of the few men that was actually an Avon lady. Um, when I joined Avon to help create and eventually launch their Mark by Avon brand, um, I had really never worked deeply in the beauty. Um, and clearly, when you go to a company that is called the Company for Women, if you don't shut up and listen and learn from the ground up, you're going to make some epic mistakes. Um, from there, I, I went to Victoria's Secret to accelerate their pink brand, spent a number of years in fashion and beauty. Um, for 11 years at um, Eslo Exotica as the chief marketing officer for Pearl Vision, where I had the distinct pleasure of really revitalizing that iconic brand. And then um, this past week was named the chief brand officer for a company called Goodfeet Holdings, which is an amazing health and wellness organization that owns brands like the Goodfeet Store and OS First, which is a performance sock brand, uh, and a bunch of others that are soon to be announced um, and really excited to get in there as the chief brand officer and, and help mature that portfolio. Okay, excellent. Uh, you recently published a book, Moving Your Brand Out of the Friend Zone. Uh, would love to know kind of a high level uh, why you decided to write the book and, uh, you know, what, what what's the genesis of the book and what's the book about? Um, you know, I'm realizing after spending my summer writing it, and I wrote the book in about 16 weeks, that I must be a masochist because I literally can't spell and autocorrect and I have a very, very love-hate relationship. But for me, it was really two things. Number one, um, you know, I've had the privilege of being on podcasts and on stage and a number of conferences. And um, it's always exciting when you say something that motivates somebody. Um, and number two is I, I have the pleasure of being involved in several mentoring organizations, formal like Ad Week um, and uh, the Association of National Advertisers Education Foundation, but also informal with you know people I've come across in my career that I spend time with. And this was an opportunity in putting out this my first book, um, which is now available at Amazon and soon to be available in Kindle format, um, to really bring that thought leadership and the opportunity to help every young marketer kind of figure out their way um, to bear 
And so I'm excited that it's now hit and uh, anxious to see the responses to it. That's awesome. Uh, so the friend zone, uh, can you tell us a little bit more why uh, brands should not be there? Uh, that'd be good to know. So, you know, don't kid yourself, Mark. Uh, I, we all know what the friend zone is in our personal life. We've all been there. And in, in the world of branding and marketing, unfortunately, brands don't know until it's too late that they're in the friend zone. And the friend zone is essentially when you think you have a stronger relationship with your consumers than they think of you. And the easiest way to understand that reality is by looking at your sales trajectory and that sort of trigger tendency to start engaging what we all call latent customers. You know, if more and more that database gets bigger and bigger where people aren't coming back to you with the regularity that you expect, you're in the friend zone. The friend zone is where there is a, a decent level of passion and trust, but not enough to prevent somebody from moving on, moving up or moving out of your brand and your products. And so the premise is in today's marketplace where a great idea can go from idea to execution in rapid time, thanks to Kickstarter and Etsy and Instagram, you've got to really deepen your commitment to your consumers to create what I call brand love. You know, where consumers are so passionate about your brand and your business and your products and your services that it doesn't matter what the hot trend is. They're going to look really, really hard before they make any leap. And most importantly, these are the consumers that are your advocates. Because whether we like it or not, today, tomorrow, and in the future, um, the most powerful tool in the marketer's toolbox is word of mouth marketing. And that really comes when you can take customers and turn them into advocates. Interesting. So uh, one of the things that we see at Loyalty 360 being a trade association for the industry, a number of brands, growing number that are focused on emotional loyalty, right? So it's, it's the same thing, you know, having that deep emotive connection with the uh, customer is very important, but brands struggle with that. Many brands, we just did a survey over the summer around emotional loyalty and brands think they have a deeper connection with their, their customers. They have a higher emotional loyalty quotient than they may actually have, right? So there's some challenges there, similar to what you said, the, the relationship piece. Uh, you know, how, how do brands address that? Uh, because you know, most brands don't have metacognition to really understand the true depth of a relationship with a customer. Is that step one? And how, how do brands or how should they address that? Oh, I love the, the double word score metacognition. Don't ask me to spell it. Um, but the way brands really can address it is first to admit that they have a problem. Um, and the problem is, is they're being too transactional with their consumer. You know, if every engagement opportunity that you find is about trying to push something, whether they need it or not, you're not going to create brand love. And so it's sort of resisting the urge and saying at the end of the day, um, hey, look, I'm in it to win it with you over the long term. And um, you know, let's work together to find the right opportunity where you can educate, inform, and then stimulate me to, to do the action that I need to do when I need to do it. Okay, excellent. And when you look at the brand value equation, and its impact, you know, this is something obviously it's quite relevant to our members. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, many are redoing the customer value propositions, trying to get that brand value equation. Can you talk a little more about that? How, what it is, and how brands should be you know, striving to get that right? So I, I'm definitely not Einstein, and this is not the Pythagorean theorem. But what I've created in the book um, is the brand value equation, and the notion is is that whether you're making five, fifty, five hundred or you know millions of dollars you 
instinctually without even knowing it want brand value you know if i told you that your neighborhood fast food chain was going to raise their price of their hamburger from 249 to 1249 you wouldn't go buy it just at the same way if i told you that a luxury resort was going to discount all of their rooms to 99 dollars, no blackout fees no regulations you'd be jumping and booking a trip you just went through the brand value equation brand value equals experience as your numerator divided by price as your denominator and as long as you have a net positive relationship, especially two to three times, you're going to be able to deliver brand value. So if you're delivering a, a price, if your product or service is $100, you need to be delivering two to $400 in experience in order to have a really strong brand value equation. The brands that find themselves in the friend zone are ones that are like a hundred dollar experience for a hundred dollar price or a $75 experience for a hundred dollar price where you're, you're satisfied, but there's no intensity. That makes sense. Interesting. And you also uh, have a unique idea around you know, brand positioning and the art of sacrifice. Can you tell us a bit more uh, about this? Yeah, sure. Sorry for the yawn. It's uh, it's early my time. Um, so it's really simple. You and I, I am sure, in our past lives or current lives have found ourselves rolling up to one of those great buffets in Las Vegas or other or other places. And there is absolutely nobody who physically feels good after going to a buffet. The human body is not designed to consume lobster and pizza and steak and Italian food and ice cream and pie. Okay, you feel like shit. Brands that try to do too much also feel that way. And the notion is practicing that art of sacrifice is part of the talent. You know, that is that is absolutely where you need to truly decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do. Every piece of communication can contain every single message. Yep. And I think that's interesting because we had a discussion this week uh, in our uh, community around just that, right? It, having too much communication going out. A lot of brands do it, sporting the retailers uh, being one of them. And and how to simplify that, but have it to be more impactful based on the, you know, the data and what they understand about the customer is very challenging with brands. Is that something you see or maybe not as much? I think 50-50. I think you're starting to see a little bit of it, but I think there could always be more. Okay. When you look at customers, uh, they have a tendency to be more rational. You talk about looking for that alignment. They may say they have an interest in or value in a a certain thing, but they may not actually end up, you know, uh, partaking in that behavior. So you talk about looking to add value, uh, you know, two to $400. How should a brand look to establish that or do that when they're looking to add value if if they don't necessarily understand customers? So, you know, to me, it kind of goes to the notion that I talk about in the book about thinking human and thinking human emanates out of two things. Number one, recognizing that consumers make emotional decisions before they make rational choices. And so that shapes not only what you say, but how you say it. The second thing is addressing your consumer with the mindset that imagine if that consumer that came in was the only consumer that you saw that day what would you do? How would you treat them? What would the experience be? And um, that's the story. I mean, that that's at the end of the day, that is the story. You also talk about the currency of trust within the book. 
Uh, you know, it, uh, it, when you look at the currency of trust, you know, brands are are very focused on trust, but trust can be very immeasurable in, in some manners. You know, how should they be looking to to build that trust quotient up? Um, slowly and with humility. Um, a really easy way to build trust is through a series of small moments of care and connection. Discounting is a gesture. Sending an email or picking up the phone and calling your consumer a couple of weeks or a couple of months after they've engaged with your product just to see how things are doing. Got to be honest with you, that goes a lot further. You know, imagine you, you have your doctor who um, operates on you. They call you the next day. The nurse calls you, you know, a week later. You go and you see the doctor a month later, two months later, six months later. But what about if like a year later, out of the blue, your doctor just calls you and said, hey, listen, how's it going? You know, is there anything you need? Yeah. You know, that takes about seven seconds. But wow, don't you think that that doctor really cares about you? And the next time that somebody in your family, friends network needs a doctor for that particular specialty, I bet your bottom dollar they're going to uh, recommend it. Yeah, it makes sense. Perfect sense. When you look at brands today, uh, they're struggling with the technology, struggling with uh, personalization, being able to do it at scale. And when you look at the opportunities for brands today, what do you think the biggest challenge or potential opportunity could be regarding brand loyalty, brand affinity? So I think brand loyalty, they have to think of it. Like one of my personal passions to your earlier question that I didn't answer is, is I'm, a, I'm a competitive tennis player. And in tennis, yes, there are certain points that you win off your serve, but the majority is about setting up your opponent to win. And I think if you look at loyalty like a game of tennis, you know, if you want to sell sell something incremental, two emails before that you want to send the email that pushes that product or service, tee it up with some content, with that moment of care and connection. That's going to make the return on investment that much greater. Okay. Excellent. Great point. When you look at uh, your career, very successful, uh, very unique, very diverse. And what's the biggest challenge you have solved in your career? Biggest business challenge, I, I would say, was probably repositioning Pearl Vision, um, you know, revitalizing the iconic brand, getting it out of the friend zone, getting out of the world of buy one, get one free. Um, at the same time, you know, the biggest challenge in my career itself has been my career itself. You know, moving from the agency world to the client side, navigating that world, learning how to be a leader. You know, they didn't teach you leadership in graduate school. They certainly didn't teach you in undergrad. You lead by learning how to lead. And, and certainly I continue to be a work in progress. My leadership style has evolved tremendously. Um, you know, early in your career, it's all about accomplishment. You know, it's about being a single contributor, a rock star. Wow, that 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 kid's great. Let me get him on the team. Let me give him an opportunity. Well, when you reach a certain point in your career, it's about others and it's about celebrating the journey um, and ensuring that others want to come along to the ride. You know, climbing a mountain alone. Yeah, you can reach the, the summit and take a selfie, but it's that group pick. It's a hell of a lot more fun. Excellent. Uh, that's kind of a follow up question could be, uh, you know, what are you most proud of in your career? Is it is the Pearl Vision uh, uh, kind of transition? I think what I'm most proud of in my career is is um, the people that I've had the opportunity to lead and and, and grow. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent of the how is as important as the what. 
And I think, you know, I certainly am a requiring leader. I don't suffer fools. Well, you know, I do require my team to have purpose and, and bring the energy and the passion, which is what I hire for. But I think I'm most proud of the fact that I'm actually a really good person at the end of it. Um, you know, I love hard and unfortunately I hate hard. So, you know, for me in building a high performing team, when you get a group of people that will go to bat for you, there's nothing and nobody more important to them. And um, I've made some very special relationships in the course of my career as a result. Excellent. And when you look at uh, your book, uh, very impactful in a number of different areas. Are there one or two things that you would recommend to brands who you know want to take that first step? Because a lot of times they're sold to read a book and it's very, you know, boil the ocean type approach, very challenging from a measurement implementation. But are there one or two things that you would recommend brands should consider to, to, to start? Yeah. Um, embrace the notion of being a niche brand. Niche doesn't mean small. Niche means opportunity. You know, it's 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 an opportunity that could allow you to grow and become a powerful force. I would much rather have a very good idea of who my consumer is and know that I'm satisfying a need state beyond what they even expect than to just spray and pray. You can't afford to spray and pray. It's just way too many competitors in the marketplace. Absolutely. Interesting. And the last question, uh, from a loyalty perspective, are there a brand or two that you are most loyal to that you find yourself uh, driven to and, and why? Um, I, you know, in the world of sports for me, I'm probably most loyal to, you know, Wilson for my racket, Asics for my sneakers. Um, there's some niche brands that I've really become loyal to, like Muggsy for jeans. I think they do an amazing, amazing job. Um the brands that I'm most loyal to are the ones that add value to my life and to my family's life. Um, I, I, I can't think of what my life would be like without Amazon Prime. Um, I can't think of what my life would be like without some of the streaming services that I'm a, a, um, I joined, mainly because they provide sources of entertainment and joy for myself and my family. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and now we have uh, our fun quick fire question session and uh, looking forward to hearing your responses. Uh, and what's your favorite word? Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, what's your least favorite word? It. Okay. Uh, what excites you? People. Uh, what do you find tiresome? People. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what is your favorite travel destination? It's a great question. Um, it's a great question. Uh, I would, wow. I don't even know how to answer that. Um, probably going out east to the Hamptons, um, to my in-laws house and just sitting by the pool and vegetating, doing a whole lot of nothing. Okay. Uh, a profession, uh, what profession would you uh, have liked to attempt it if, if you weren't in, uh, in the marketing arena? Uh, either um, journalism as a newscaster or being on Broadway. Okay. What profession would you avoid? Um, food service because I, I tried it and I cannot balance a tray. Terrible. Who inspired you to become the person you are today? Uh, huh. my probably my mom and my dad. Okay. Uh, what do you typically think about at the end of the day? Um, gratitude. And last question: How do you want to be remembered by your friends and family? Um. Somebody who made a difference, not just for what he did, but how he did it. Excellent. 
Well, Doug, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. Congrats on uh, the book, you know, moving your brand out of the friend zone. It's available at Amazon, uh, and the, the, the Kindle edition is coming out soon. You mentioned Kindle edition is coming out soon. Paperback version is available on Amazon, and you can always go to dougsarkin.com to find the links if you can't find it. Perfect. Well, thank you very, very much again for taking the time to talk to us today and helping uh, brands get their uh, brand out of the friend zone. And uh, thanks, uh, thanks again. All right, thank you. I appreciate it, Mark. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for taking the time to listen. Make sure you join us back for another edition soon. Have a wonderful day.